Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Bonjour and welcome back to the Talking Blarney podcast. Where we wade through the Blarney to talk about the real Ireland through media and other nonsense. I'm your host, Stuart McNamara, and I'm here with the crock of gold himself, Robert Cross. That's the nicest thing you've ever said about <laughs> <laughs> First and last time, Rob. First and last time. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Rob here. Uh, we're we're going to have a more equal talking this week because it was uh, fully recovered, basically. <laughs> well, mostly. Mostly. Uh, I'm back to normal anyway, which you, is good. You can, talk, you can talk again, which yes. is good. You know, um, so that's a plus. It is. It is. And it's a lovely day here in... Uh, the Republic of Ireland, I must it say. It is a lovely sunny day, but it is very cold. It's gotten very cold now in the last week. Yeah, yeah, winter has uh, definitely arrived for Ireland, as mm-hmm. it always does early. It was like minus one the other night. Yeah. <laughs> like, we did, like, this is like the first week we've had to turn on the central heating, put on the fires in most cases, and take out the extra jumpers. But I don't understand, Rob. It's always cold in Ireland. Like, you remember back chasing leprechauns. I mean, it's freezing here. You're always snowing and wearing full gear. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. I was just like, what is it with that? We keep going back to that film. Like, I think, is that like our magnum opus? It's just like, it's so iconic. Anyway, so to start off the show, we're going to do Uniquely Irish. Mm-hmm. And this week, since there's been a lot of talk of presidents and uh, governments, I think we should talk a little bit about the son of Danny DeVito and Bernie Sanders. We all know him, our friend and yours. Michael D. Higgins. That's right, Stu. Michael D. Higgins, the D is for dancing, of course, the president of Ireland. Now, uh, I think just to give a little bit of context, we we talked briefly about our political system before. Like, uh, we kind of just inherited the British system with a few. Pretty much. So uh, our president is entirely a figurehead. Compared to the US president, he's very, very little power. And even in countries where, like, you know, the prime minister is in charge and like the president is the nominal head of state, like shakes the hands, takes, yeah. like, meets the ambassadors, you know, opens the odd hospital, um, has like some power on paper. Our president is like, doesn't even have like the power which he has on paper, which he never uses. Like he's an incredibly weak figure in a political sense, but it's very much always been seen as like, the, he's the representative of the Irish people. Um, he's the first citizen. He's, you know, represents the country. And it's it's always been a very entirely symbolic position but it's been a very highly reputed kind of yeah thing. very respected i mean yeah it's a great position to be in and uh everyone kind of tends to love the president yeah, yeah and generally speaking the president is usually the most popular person in the country by far always seen as very lovely i mean our, our very first president uh was douglas hyde and he was when we we, we kind of said oh we're gonna get rid of the governor general we're not gonna have the king as our nominal head of state we're gonna elect yeah. our own head of state um douglas hyde was gonna picked as the uncontroversial candidate like he was he'd founded the gaelic league he was a fluent irish speaker um you know but universally kind of respected by all and it was that was kind of the model that they wanted for the presidency in this country to be you know very symbolic but someone who's highly respected above reproach and I suppose the other duties are like it's called the guardian of the constitution the president has certain reserve functions or discretionary powers as they're called about referring bills to the supreme court if they feel oh I don't like the look of this law the the government or the parliament is after passing i can he has the option of sending it on to the supreme court if he's like it's a bit sussy so there is an important role in that sense i mean that's really one of the few powers the president actually has <laughs> yeah i mean look he, so, he does his bit uh it, 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 like, a great party and he's yeah. always around uh for public events yeah so it, I, I suppose that's kind of in in a nutshell that's the irish presidency um nor nothing like the u.s presidency or anything else it's really kind of just like uh the, the queen of you know, Queen Elizabeth, but elected it in terms of that level of symbolism. But yeah. there are certain constitutional duties, and they got a, a lovely house up in Dublin in the Phoenix Park, Arasanukteron, which just means President's House, really, President's yeah. Dwelling, doesn't. But it, it it was actually um it was the Viceroy's House in the Lord Lieutenant's House in Dublin. Uh, it was his out of season one, I believe, because he normally live in Dublin Castle. But it's uh, it's very nice. You can get tours there on a Saturday morning. 
yeah not, not at the moment but it's, it's very nice um winston churchill spent some of his childhood there because his grandfather was the lord lieutenant actually oh right yeah. so there you go before uh, he did all the bad shit oh yeah no i'm not defending churchill here i mean he, he's the man that sent the black and tans here, as we discussed in our michael collins yeah. episode so we're not, not the greatest lad. not not the greatest he did some lad. good stuff but uh also some bad stuff yeah, I mean, we, we but let's get back to <laughs> let's get back to someone we universally love, Michael D. Higgins. So Michael D. Higgins, um, universally known as Michael D. in this country, yeah, or Michael D. Like he's certainly when you say Michael D., everyone knows who you're talking about. He's, yeah. he's really the only man. The D is actually for Daniel. It's not for dancing. It's that's a that's a, a rubber band. Bit of an inside joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure he can dance though. I'm sure he can. I'm sure he can dance, considering he's a poet and uh, yeah. Well, we'll kind of we'll kind of get to that, but he's he's um, a multifaceted man. Definitely. I, I think I, th- I think it's fair to say he's not really a typical politician, really. Although he was a very long-serving politician too, before he became president. So I suppose we'll start off with the most important thing. Uh, he's a Limerick man. Ooh. And uh, despite now, despite what people will tell you, he's like a Galway man. He was mayor of Galway and he represented Galway in our parliament for many years. And he went to college in there and, and lectured in uh, UCG, as it was at the time now, NUIG, uh, Galway University. Um, he was born in Limerick and his family were in Limerick. And he spent some of his childhood in just over the border in Newmarket, Fergus County, Clare. Some of my family are from as well. So he's, he's definitely a Limerick man, Stu. Yeah. Um, he was born in Limerick in the 18th of April, 1941. So he's uh, getting on a little bit. He's, you know... He's uh, uh, almost eighty, but um, I, you wouldn't know looking at him. Okay, yeah, no, okay. he, he, he looks, looks very well for his age. He's also quite a petite man. He's he's he kind of gets this thing as like he's a leprechaun uh, suitably for this movie, perhaps. Yeah, pretty much because he, he's quite short. I think he's about five two or something. Yeah, that would be right. Yeah, he's he's kind of known as being short. He kind of like speaks flu- he speaks fluent Irish as well. He's a he was a poet. He'd, he'd written, and he's kind of seen as like speaking in verse and like Irish. And he's got a very I think he's got, like an educated Irish accent all, yeah, almost. Yeah, so he's, he's a, good a bit like it. that. But he's he's you know a universally popular man. So he's uh, was born in Limerick, as I said. His father died quite young, and he kind of went off to live with his mother's side on a farm in Newmarket in Fergus County Clare, which is. Uh, very close to Shannon Airport, actually. Before yeah. they built the bypass, you'd have to go through there to get to Shannon, if I remember correctly. But my great grandmother, who was still alive when I was born, is actually from there as well. So she would have, I think, she would have known the family reasonably well. You see, then he moved up to Galway, too, because he got a grant to study up there. Um, and he was involved in a bunch of things there. He was involved in a literary and debating society, of course. Of course, he was got the little thing there, and he was also president of their a students' union there. Um, in about 64, 65. Oh, career president, he said. Oh, was. I, I think he studied kind of sociology there. That kind of thing. It was about the time he yeah, got into he writing poetry. So. And he went off to America, yeah, to Indiana, uh, to, to do his master's in sociology. He also went to Manchester as well. And he had become like a lecturer in like you know, politics and sociology. And it's, there's a, a line in the famous Saw Doctor song, Michael D. Rockin' in the Doll of a famous Galway-based band. You know, Michael D. lectured me in sociology. I was in usage from the degree. <laughs> Global equality, person's apology. He was the king of the arts faculty. You know, something like that. <laughs> so he, he very, very popular lecture from the people that were there anyway. And it, it, he kind of started dipping his toe in politics. He was originally involved in the Fianna Fáil, which is one of the two dominant parties, well, was one of the two dominant parties in this <laughs> we'll country. See for how much longer? They are presently leading this government, but we'll see. Uh, who were like a, not only a Republican party, generally quite conservative, but he, he ended up in the Labour Party, which is the, was traditionally the third party in Irish politics. Not really now. Um, their joint fourth place at the moment, but they were always like the slightly left of centre kind yeah. of party that were generally went into coalition with uh, Fine Gael, the other centre right party. And he was involved in them, and he ended up becoming a senator. Um, he was appointed to this in the Shannon under the time Labour and Fine Gael were in government in the seventy three, the National Coalition that was called. And he later was elected to the Dáil in Galway in 77 and he was kind of in there in ages and he was generally seen as being on the left of the parties too yeah and it was about this time like he you know he started he met sabina his wife and he had a daughter alice mary higgins who is an independent senator actually in the nui the university panel so there you go family runs in the family absolutely um he has a lovely poem to her in his um his collection of poetry actually yeah, which yeah, is quite yeah. which is quite nice there's a lot of poems out there um, and he just became like a very prominent kind of very much on the left of the parties too yeah quite outspoken and... quite outspoken very very he was one of the very few people that was really speaking out about gay rights he was always pro-choice when it came to abortion 
really putting forward the whole kind of left-wing kind of argument but he was very passionate he'd really been adopted by the people of Galway and he was seen as like a local kind of um, symbol of Galway he'd been mayor of Galway uh, when he was a TD as well and he was you know seen as like being this kind of uh, real kind of character there is there's a great picture of him in I think the late 80s seeing Bob Dylan live in Phoenix Park and it's just him has the, the the shirt is open he's wearing the sandals he's got like the he's slightly balding but he had like the long hair down the back and it's just such a great image and I love showing people like that our president in a couple of years back but the most iconic thing that we have to talk about before we move on though is the dog well I think we'll have to we'll have to get to that in a second so it's really only when he became president but he's he had two large Irish wolfhounds are they uh, I don't think they're wolfhounds now. Um, I'd have to just confirm that actually, but anyway, but he has two large, had rather two large dogs, uh, Broad and Shida. I, unfortunately, now Broad has passed away very recently. Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, oh no, it's very sad. Like he has these two kind of large dogs, and they're they're just this kind of roam around the Arizona and around Phoenix Park, and no one really stops them. Like sometimes yeah. they just come on stage when he's giving a speech there, and he just starts giving them a belly rub. And because he's a small man with two massive dogs, is quite a funny yeah, image. Funny. And, just even like at different events, they'd just be wandering around. Like there were there when he was meeting. Um, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, if you want to give them their their titles, which they don't use anymore, I don't think. Like it's just they're outside having the official picture, and the dogs just wander in, and then they and then they just start petting them. And I think it's just for a second there. You see, Meghan is just like getting really into rubbing. Uh, I think she had his belly, and then Harry's there looking like the hell is going on here, <laughs> and then, look, no, no one else reacting. And it's just like, is this is this just normal here? It's a kangaroo presidency is what we have here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I suppose that's kind of what he, he's really kind of famous for. Um, it, it, so yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was Broad passed away about two weeks ago, and it was oh, and genuinely people were very very sad by this. Like he, it's just him because often you know you can just go up. You're allowed to Phoenix Park is a very large park in Dublin. I believe it's the largest kind of park in, in any European capital. It's 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 very yeah. big actually and he, he has his house in there and you know you can sometimes just meet him going around a park walking yeah, the dogs and like you know the thing is go up and say hi to him i mean it's not like you're not gonna get tackled by the secret service you can like he's a very friendly man i mean he's even waits in the atm yeah which is a which is a great try image. to catch him and get a crack of gold out of him <laughs> um a few other kind of notable things as well before he became president he was a the very first minister for arts that set in cabinet a, when labor went in in the um early to mid 90s in government so he was a responsible for setting up tg Cahar, which is our, our irish um television station he was also very involved in getting the arts council set up because you know, he was he was a poet and he really cared a lot about it he'd made a lot of friends in that he had a lot of grants that were set up and he really really took it seriously and had a lot of things set up that benefited, you know, artists, musicians, uh, everything. And he, having someone like him in there really, really made a big difference. And even like when he's president now, I think he, he really does come down to like a lot of openings and stuff that are still related to the arts, I mean, particularly oh, yeah, in poetry. Like I know when I was involved in the poet, organizing poetry stuff down in Limerick, he came down to the White House and I I didn't organize this, but uh, uh, to, to unveil a plaque to Desmond O'Grady, a very famous Limerick poet. I think he knew him personally. And, you know, it was it was a very much, uh, this wasn't like a pre-prepared speech by like, some politician read about, oh, Desmond is like he knew him. And like this was a speech from the yeah, heart and it's, yeah. It, it it's such a nice thing to have that where you have a you know, your head of state, your president is just very, very approachable. And yeah, because it's very genuine. He's a very genuine person. Like he's a a very articulate speaker, and he's a he's he's able to give some great speeches. Um, but he's always got this personal touch, and he's just such a friendly, welcoming person, yeah. and it's just such a great president we have. Um, if you want, if I could recommend two things to look up. There's a great thing that's up on YouTube of him debating like a, a Tea Party Republican. So one of the, the very kind of right wing Republicans right. a couple of years back. And he's just ripping the absolute arse off them for like, oh, we should make smaller government and cut. And he's just like, here's the Americans I talked to when I was teaching <laughs> over in Indiana. Rips him a new ass, basically. Look that up. Also, the, if you want to see a picture of him, like I mentioned earlier, there's like ones of his dogs and all that. Let's look up like Michael D. Uh, BMX. Oh, it's 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 just like it's him opening a BMX park, and it's he's on a bike and everything, and it's just such a funny image. But you know, you can tell he really must have enjoyed. That. Oh yeah, he, he has a great time the whole whatever he's doing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think like he's he, he seems like someone that really enjoys his job just because everyone would just come up to talk to him, and uh, he's just such a, a highly respected person. We said in this country too. I think he's such a natural choice for president. You know, he, he when he, he ran in 2011, 
um, we, we elect our president on a, a national basis. We do, we yes. do popularly elected, and he, he was running against um, taking over from Mary McAleese, who was president for fourteen years, two full terms. She was, you know, seen as a very popular president. Too, she was the first president from Northern Ireland to come in, and particularly during the, the peace process that started, then it was very significant. So it was like she was like seen as being oh, a very very hard act to follow. And he kind of came out and then against one of the people who was on the Irish Dragons Den. Oh right, Sean Gallagher, who was an independent, but he had a few connections to Fianna Fáil, and well, it was after the banking crisis and they took a big dip. But uh, he ended up winning against him and Martin McGuinness as well from Sinn Féin and a few other people. And um, yeah, it was seen as being a very popular choice. And when he ran for re-election again in two thousand and eighteen. The president serves a seven-year term here. They can run for two terms or up to 14 years, but, you know, don't have much power, so it's kind of fine. Um, he ran against not one, but three people from Dragon's Den. <laughs> the whole set of Dragon's out after his goal. Yeah, see, this time, though, he was running as independent, but like, he'd been backed by Labour Party, Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil. Basically, all the major parties were like, yeah, no, no one is really going to be able to beat him, so we're not going to nominate anyone. We're just going to be like, you know... We think he's doing a fair job, so go on. And Sinn Féin nominated someone they did very, very badly. Uh, he he was running running against I think six other candidates, five hundred candidates, and he he won like fifty eight percent of the vote. There wasn't a need for like transfers of votes or yeah. anything like that. He just easily won. And needless to say, some of the candidates were humiliated quite badly. So you know, universally very, very popular. And um, we. You know, if he was able to run for a third term, Stu, and if he yeah, we'll plan, change the rules. Plan, to, plan to live that long, sure. But um, great, great man, and uh, is a Limerick man, is what everyone says. Right. So uh, before we get into the movie, another thing that seems to be a bit uniquely Irish is right under the desk here. Rob, I have to ask about the 12 litre bottles of tonic <laughs> water and how much your your family plan on drinking gin over the next while. <laughs> well, Stu... You're either drinking or you're not drinking. <laughs> um, they went up to the 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 kind of wholesalers. Oh, Musgraves. Is it? Yeah, Musgraves. Like, because my father has. We're in his office now, recording. Actually, yeah, yeah. he has his business, so just bought a lot of stuff in bulk. We've got like a big box of potatoes and um, a big thing of um, you know Barry's tea bags, like that are individually packaged for like the restaurants. Right. So, I just thought that needed yeah. to be pointed out because it's uh, twelve liters of tonic water, so that's a lot of gin. Uh, the gin and tonic is certainly popular in this household too. Uh, no, I, I don't drink it myself, but I prefer whiskey. But uh, yeah, it is what it is, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So into the movie. This week we're doing Leprechaun from nineteen ninety three, I believe. Yep. So the director was Mark Jones. It was actually his first movie as the director. He's mostly known as a writer. There wasn't anything huge that I saw in that. Yeah, I think most of the people who read behind this, with two notable exceptions, haven't really done much else, but not in a bad yeah. way. Then, uh, in terms of actors, we have, of course, Jennifer Aniston as Tori. This is actually her very, film debu- debut. It is, yeah, uh, which is kind of surprising. I mean, she's this is the year I was born. She basically looks the exact same yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Well, uh, <laughs> except for the nose. Uh, I believe there was a... An accident, so, some, was no, there? No, no, there were some changes to the nose done uh, oh, right. by appointment. <laughs> by appointment. <laughs> but, but yeah, everyone knows Jennifer Aniston, Friends, and uh, many other things. She was married to Brad Pitt? Yes. For a time. For a time. Uh, then, of course, we have the leprechaun himself, Warwick Davis, who uh, played Wicked in Star Wars, and uh, Willow in Willow, and many other things. He's kind of, He's a very big actor for being a short person as he is mm-hmm. and uh, he gets a lot of roles based on that he did very good in uh, extras at Ricky Gervais as well just just to mention it and um, he's also like on a bunch of panel shows he's just very very funny oh yeah he's he's hilarious and he he, he actually really loves the Leprechaun movies yeah he he does um, but there's there's several of these we're not we're not reviewing all of them <laughs> I don't think we're reviewing all of them I, I got not all this year next year we might do Leprechaun 2 yeah, because I think like, I did check. Like, I think the most recent one came out like two years ago. Yeah, there's like Leprechaun. There's like two. Least, there's at least three of them, and I think there's like Reborn or something that came out there, quite recently. There's Origins. Uh, there's uh, Back to the Hood for some reason. Oh god. Uh, yeah, they kind of got a bit wild with those, but uh, I don't think any of them have Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, if we continue the podcast long enough, we'll have enough Halloweens under our belt. To uh, get through all of them, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're not, we're not doing we're, like we're not doing all of these films like sequentially now. Yeah, we'll, that would be uh, terrible. Yeah. So then we have. I'll just run through the other kind of three main actors. So you've Ken Oland as Nathan, who's the, the just the 
the hot guy. kind of surfer dude kind of guy. Uh, then you have Mark Holton, who is Ozzy. The kind of the, the larger. Like, yeah, the, he, he's very much... Um, <laughs> he, he's playing that stupid role where he's an adult, but he's clearly got some kind of mental problem. I, it's certainly hinted at, you know, it, it certainly really it's is. not even hinted at. Like, the kid is like, we're going to get use the gold to fix your brain. Yeah, he's... He's more childlike, and the kid is quite mature. It's a Which very is, common kind yeah, of. It's a very common trope, actually. It is, in it's, it's a very American trope, and I hate it in writing. I really hate it. And then, it. lastly, we have Robert Gorman, who was Alex, the kid, who uh, is too smart for his age, and all the nonsense that goes along with that. As a filthy mouth as well, I must say. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So, start of the movie, we have um, the kind of the guy who got the gold from. The leprechaun. So he comes out of the, the limousine, chugging away at a bottle of whiskey, and just tosses it on the ground. Gets into the house with his uh, wife. I like how it's Jameson as well. Oh yeah, of course. It had to be Jameson. <laughs> but he is Irish, of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, the accent now is uh, not perfect. It, it is an Irish actor, though. Is it? No, I, I mean, I thought... I, I didn't check that out myself. But no, he, like, is, is I gotta say, like, the, I, I actually just... like this is playing it up. No, he is an Irish actor. I think he's he's definitely padding it up a little bit, but your man who played him, I did check, was actually an Irish actor. He, very kind of serial. He didn't really... He's just kind of, like, background. He he was apparently in Titanic. Oh, right. I, I don't know. I think he was, like, one of the Irish... Older Irish guys down in the, the, the third class bit. I couldn't see what else he really did, but he's just kind of a... Sonomous character actor. Right? Unfortunately, I didn't write down his, the actor's name. But right. he, he is actually Irish, is the thing. Uh, so is the wife as well. Yeah, because she even says I at one point, and that isn't really something we say. It'd be more of a northern thing. Yeah. It's, it's like a northern Irish thing. I, I, I wouldn't really say it. and Which I just found a little yeah. strange. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we kind of... Like the very first part of the movie, you get introduced to the leprechaun for kind of no real reason. <laughs> you know, he's like in this... Underground magic. Well, he says. Cavern. Well, he says. Um, you know, they're just gonna say like he, he he's rich. He comes back to the wife, and he's like, oh, like um, he, she says you're coming back from Ireland, like with your mother's ashes or something. Yeah, it seems that he had been over there. That might be in that Leprechaun Origins movie, which will have. Yeah, to like exa- it's a bit because basically he, he cracks open the thing. He's like, oh, that's your mother's ashes. Like it's full of gold. It's like it's the crock of gold, literally the yeah. crock of gold. Uh, and I and I'm thinking like, wait, hang on a second. So uh, this is getting a bit confused. So did his mother actually die, or did he just lie about it to go back to Ireland, or did he just go for Leprechaun? I think it's probably that he went back for the funeral, and then he met the Leprechaun. And then caught the yeah. Leprechaun. I might even, be I might be reading too much into this, but that just confused me a little bit. Yeah, I, I was, odd, and then yeah. somehow the leprechaun's in the in the luggage, kills the wife in a very strange way, <laughs> just like somehow knocking her down the stairs. Yeah, like I kind of get the fact that he kind of kills her by just gonna fall down the stairs, and must whack her head or something, yeah. and then like he uses her as a puppet, which is really fucking creepy. Yeah, the, the <laughs> leprechaun has that has one of those weird powers of being able to mimic any voice. Yeah, it kind of get it kind of gets that off there. Um, I also like as well. No, it wasn't specified what type of tea that was, dude. But I'd like to think it was berries. Oh, we can only hope. But she made a good cup anyway. Yeah. Uh, so what I found really interesting about this movie is the kind of the twisting of what is the leprechaun's story to kind of make it more horror. Yeah, because it is. I mean, he's just like, oh, you've. You know, stolen. He, he's stolen his gold, Mister O'Grady, the Dan O'Grady, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, I Leprechaun obviously wants it back, and he kind of goes on a murderous rampage. Yeah, uh, which obviously normal leprechauns wouldn't do based on the mythology. Um, yeah, I think they're more tricksters. They're not violent. I mean, it, yeah, it's not really a one like yeah. kind of almost throwaway line that he says is that he traded his soul for the gold, and that seems to be how he became a leprechaun. Yeah, that kind of line it, it was interesting. Like maybe it's in the other film. I'm not watching all of these films like in a week, but you know, um, it, generally I thought from like the stories that because there are some. We'll talk about this a bit later. The whole kind of general lore about leprechauns and yeah. stuff like that. I I've never really been aware that leprechauns sell their souls for gold. I thought they just always kind of they collect the gold because it shows up under a rainbow or something, and then yeah, you, you steal the gold off them and they're like well, tricksters. But I would have just been under the impression that they were kind of a, a type of fairy um same as others yeah uh, and that they kind of found the gold around ireland or whatever over yeah. centuries 
and they keep the gold at the end of a rainbow. Yeah, I suppose something like that. I I, I never thought like they they got the gold by selling their soul. I've never heard yeah, of that, that before. Yeah, that, that's yeah. just something that they kind of were twisting around. Yeah, and then the other kind of clever thing I'm not sure if it is or not is that the four leaf clover is kind of its its weakness. Yeah, I've never heard of that before. I did actually try and look this up. Um, I we four leaf clovers aren't really a, as much of an Irish thing as they are kind of an American thing. Like you, you do hear about them and it's used like to represent um, Irish things like, you know, Celtic, the football team do yeah, use it as their symbol. That, but it's never really been that no, big. Yeah. Like a shamrock is really the Irish symbol. And that is like St. Patrick used it to teach people like, you know, the father, son and the Holy spirit yeah. when he was, spreading christianity uh four leaf clovers are kind of an irish thing i'd say to kind of symbolize ireland but i i would always thought it more of like an american thing about ireland because like you'd obviously like four leaf clovers in movies or they're lucky you know it's an irish thing but never really had that over here growing up i don't know if it's like a an, it is an irish myth but i you know i just think yeah, it's, it was, it's, it's very american i think yeah it was just it was clever that they were kind of twisting kind of irish stuff together to make yeah a story out of it yeah but it, more horror but I suppose in terms of it I've never heard of like a leprechaun having a weakness if they touch a four leaf clover they die or something like that I've never heard of that before well I yeah. suppose it's probably similar to um, Darby O'Gill where they lose their powers in the morning yeah where it's just like it's just something that I did like the thing as well that they he's obsessed with like cleaning shoes yeah, which is, it comes up later in the film, but it's uh, it, it is kind of interesting because we've we talked in Derby again in our very first podcast that like leprechauns are cobblers. Yeah, of course, they're little people. They're cobblers. They make shoes. Um, so they kind of go at that like he's obsessed with shoes and cleaning shoes and everything else. I think it's a nice little touch. Yeah, there. it's like later on he wrecks the entire house, but, but he cleans like, the he cleans shoes. every pair of shoes in the house as well. It's just like it's such a weird <laughs> thing, but it, it like they kind of I think they were initially making this a horror movie. And then Warwick Davis was like, we could add a few bits of comedy into this as well, and it would be really good. And so that's probably kind of that mix yeah. of, of horror and comedy. Oh, there's definitely comedy bits in it. Like, I mean, I don't know if we're going to be doing spoiler-free exactly now. No, no, we're just going ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I love the... There's a bit like they're, like, they're literally throwing shoes to distract him. Yeah. Because yeah. he has to clean them. And it's like, we were both talking before this. It's like the, the old vampire thing of, you know, you throw a bunch of rice in front of a vampire and they had to, like, consistently count how many grains of rice before going yeah. on. Or uh, toothpicks as well. That One grain. Ah, ah, ah. Two grains. Ah, ah. <laughs> as, of course, they have to do it. Yep. Uh, so, that, yeah. It was in that documentary, Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> Scarier than anything Bram Stoker ever wrote, that one. Uh, so yeah, O'Grady then tries to kill the leprechaun, but has a stroke. Which isn't specified. I really thought like he had a heart attack and died here, but then... Yeah, like, it's like later on in the movie, he just appears again. And it's like, I thought he was dead for the whole movie. Yeah, it's like, oh no, he's still alive. It's like, he's still alive. It's like, oh, he had a stroke. And I'm like, I thought he had a heart attack and died. Like, I get like the leprechaun can't get out of the, the box later yeah, on, but it's like he's, on it. he's dead. Because yeah. uh, it's like later on, well... Shortly after when Jennifer Aniston's character and the father get there and they start talking uh, to Nathan, he's talking about the O'Grady's. And it's like, why aren't you mentioning the fact that they died in the house? Yeah, because I, I think that if you're buying a new house, I'd like to know if someone died in it. Yeah, I mean, and, and like, you know, at the very in, least the wife did, falling down the fucking stairs. Yeah, which you could put down as like an axe, I suppose, but like clearly something was... So basically, someone found the wife dead after clearly having suffered a trauma, like with the door to the basement. Was so obviously like yeah, I think it was, neck snaps. Or yeah, so I think so. Like, and then he's just there after having a stroke. So one can surmise that the cops came there, or like whoever. yeah, they have to. They oh, like a, 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 well, a wellness check or whatever. Like, or their families like we haven't heard from you know them in a while can you go check and they find like the wife is dead and I mean they probably said well she fell on the stairs he must have like picked her up brought her back up and yeah. then had a stroke out of the stress yes, but then but it's just like has a match in his hand well it has a match in his hand and there's, a hand, and there's a and there's some kind of noise down there <laughs> Like, did they just think, well, we better put him into a home then. He's obviously had a severe stroke and he's talking about, he wakes up, starts talking about leprechauns. Yeah. Um, well, it must be because his wife died and they just sell the house. I Like, who sold the house? Like, did he have family that did that? It's or just, it's very convoluted. I don't think they really paid much attention to, to making sure that everything was kind of 
logical. Yeah, because like if if like you know, I I I'm not willing to get like you know, it's a, I understand it's a movie, it's a horror film, but like you know, you got to give me a little bit of something here, like some some bit of like if they're both dead, you know, and the house is like just you know, there's no one inherit no one to inherit the house, it's sold on grand, you know, but it's just it raises more questions yeah. in the in the actual world because it's like so he was put in a home because he had a stroke and his wife is dead and he the people think he's the stroke has affected him and maybe his wife death's affected him he's talking about leprechauns he must be crazy fair enough i can i, I can accept that part but i presume he must have like no descendants and no other family yeah it doesn't seem it, it doesn't seem like I, I don't know but like is there no one else to take the house barring this random father from california i presume he must be from in North Dakota, of all places, yeah, that's was, where you want to move. A, it was a little convoluted, but I suppose we'll have to give them a pass for that one. Yeah. So then Ozzy, who has already been talking about aliens, wanders down and uh, brushes off the clover from the top of the box the leprechaun's been trapped in. Mm. And of course, the thing fucking breaks out. He runs off and no one believes him because he of his mental condition or whatever... They just, yeah, like I, it, I suppose, like it. He's definitely a bit slow. I don't really know what the correct term to use for that is. He might, he might have. Um, Surely, special needs in some capacity. I, yeah, like we, I don't want to like be impolite or rude about this or anything, but it's like it's obviously with the way he's written. I think Stevie kind of hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. this on the head earlier like he's very much like Lenny in of mice and yeah. men he's like kind of a bit special he would have said um he's definitely like has a he's definitely like a uh, has the mental capacity of more of a child i think it's fair it's never like expressly said he has like special needs or anything but i know alex the child kind of hints at it like to fix his brain at one point yeah. but it's like hmm it's just weird um so then they decide to wander off and follow a rainbow for no reason uh, <laughs> looking for the pot of gold, I guess. And you know, I mean, I know it was ninety three, but that was a terrible looking rainbow. Yes, like so, like the practical effects in this film are actually quite good in places. Yeah. Some of like the special effects ones aren't great. <laughs> yeah, it was just a really bad looking rainbow. But they find the the gold anyway in the bag, and of course, while trying to bite it. Ozzy swallows, swallows it, a yeah. fucking coin. Now these things aren't small coins. He would have choked to death on that coin. I, I I don't know like in what because like you see it later in the film like where other characters are holding them so you, like you, you have like their hands for reference also they put it down the table. so you get like a reference yeah, of how big, big they are coin. like that's not that's like bigger than I'd say a silver dollar or something yeah, like that it'd be so, bigger than your throat anyway how the hell did he swallow that like did he does he just have a massive throat is he like um you know one of those snakes that like unhinge their jaws and eat things whole something like that yeah. it's just and of course like then you know like it it's really putting a a lamp or what is it? I, it's just it, it's it's very much it's uh, like I know, I know what you mean. It's like Kerensky's gun. It's like he's that's going to play yeah, yeah later of course, in, like, in the film. It's like yeah. The leprechaun wants his gold back, and now the idiot has swallowed it, and uh, it's just going to have to like rip it out of his stomach or something. Uh, then we get a creepy scene where uh, the leprechaun is caressing Jennifer Aniston's legs. And for some reason, she thinks that it's the other guy who isn't anywhere under near underneath yeah. the jeep. But it's just like, why would you let anyone do that? Like he's crawled under a jeep to rub your legs, and you're just like, like I'm fine with this. I get she's like smitten with this, but like later yeah. on, she even says to her father of all people, "I know what it's like yeah. for a man to rub my legs." What the fuck? Oh, uh, it was weird. It was so weird. 
Because she just oido and it's like, just, this is just so weird. So say, oh, it must be a cat. So then he puts his hand into this hole in the tree and like... It was ridiculous. Oh, like it, it, it was really one of those scenes where you're like shouting at the screen. It's like, do not, like, why are you just sticking your hand into a hole for a fucking cat? Even if it is a cat, the cat's probably still going to attack you. Yeah, and he gets beaten, and then he has to go to the hospital, and that's the last we see of him. Presumably, he died in hospital because of, I don't know, rabies that the leprechaun has or something. Yeah. Because he's just gone. Yeah, like, he's just completely gone. Like, I thought at one point, like, what they could have done is, like, oh, O'Grady's, like, in the hospital. happened to be the same hospital as the father, and, yeah. like, the two of them, and, the you know, there's... No, he's just gone. Like he, his character is in the film for all of two minutes yeah. at the very start, and like, you know why? It was a bite. Like what's that? Like half an hour, few stitches, and they bandage you up and send you on your way. They're not yeah. keeping you overnight because you were bitten by a cat. Like I kind of thought that you know, did he get like his thumb bitten off or something? And I could understand that, no, but he do- he doesn't. It, it's a very hand. it's very superficial. Like I don't think it's that. Like if they at least had like. Oh, like he had a finger bitten off, or like you could see like a bit of bone or something grand, but like it doesn't seem like that serious. Oh no, it wasn't at all. Compared to some of the other injuries we see later, that's quite minor. Yeah. So then they fly off to the hospital, and then we get the great scene of the leprechaun running into the barn and coming out in a fucking tricycle. <laughs> that's just, hilarious. It's so funny. It's like it's Warwick Davis, just tiny little man on a tricycle cycling along, and like they speed it up a lot of the times when they, he, and it's he's very moving funny. around. Yeah. They kind of like they go quick speed on it, and it just makes it look so funny. I I guarantee, like he just got this idea from like you're the Shining, but like you know, is it Billy in the yeah, Shining? Yeah. He's going around. Uh, I that's very funny though. Oh yeah, like it just reminded me of like Saw. Yeah, yeah, the but little it's just, it's so much more funny when it's Warwick Davis in the little leprechaun outfit. Oh god, it's just such a mad image. Um and then they go on to try to figure out if it is if the coins are gold, Ozzy and Alex, and uh, they go to a pawn shop and your man's like, Oh, let me keep this one overnight and I'll check for you and he even looks in a book and it's like, Remember back when you had to look in a book for things? Yeah. You know, when we were five years old and the internet wasn't a thing. <laughs> Well, it was a thing. It was just very expensive. Yeah. I think this actually might have... This would have been just after the internet was really invented, 93? Yeah, it would have been, yeah. been dial-up and it would have been really shit. Hmm. So, but I, 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 I tried to like pause it to see if you could actually see anything in the... There's nothing of interest yeah, there. Yeah, the, the weird thing was that you didn't actually get a good look at the coin at any point. Because he says weird writing on it. And I was thinking, oh, God, I'd like to see a close one. Is it like ohm, ohm writing or is it like something like... in Irish? Because like, you, you genuinely be curious, but no. But yeah, you don't you don't really get to see it at all. But uh, then the leprechaun comes along and it's the first kill of the movie. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Death by pogo stick, which was interesting. I mean, it's a clever choice for a I, murder. I thought this was... I was laughing my yeah, head off at this. Great. He's, he's there, uh, you know, writing a poem while he's doing this. Does he go like, uh, oh, don't worry, you'll bounce right back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's quite funny. Like, the, the leprechaun is a sadist of the 10th degree. Like, he, he's oh. loving every minute of killing this guy. Uh, there's a great thing as well, and he gets, like, the little car. Yeah. Oh, God, this is just, just so again, funny. Just another... Th- like, just put Warwick Davis in tiny vehicles and it's funny um so yeah the, the two the other two are in like this diner cafe kind of yeah. place and they're like having and then you know I, I, there's a great line a, a jennifer anderson character says um all they've got here is like uh beer hot, warm beer and cheap whiskey and i'm like oh they've got so cheap whiskey i think good, good night i also have like noted here it's like what is um nathan eating because it's just, just meatloaf. Yeah, because I thought, is this like biscuits and gravy? That like American thing, which isn't no, which no, isn't the same as what we would call. But you know, it's actually meat. Then he talks meatloaf, and then she's like a vegetarian and stuff. Yeah, then, of course she has to come out as a vegetarian because and, cannot but, say it. No, because she's from California. Yeah, of course, and she's um, this kind of. Di- I think she's like supposed to be like playing a ditzy kind of valley girl. That was it was like a like, like kind of stereotype at, at the very start. Yes, but very soon after. That goes by the wayside. Like, it's kind of called back a little bit because, like, clearly, you know, she's not a bad character. I mean, a bad person, even. Like, she has, like, a, a knowledge of, like, first aid. She seems very uninterested in her father's well being during all of this, I must say. But she's yeah. has a slightly mothering instinct, I think, towards Alex in particular. Yeah, even, like, even Ossie, like. Yeah, but it's just, like, at the very start when she's like, I'm not staying here, I'm getting a hotel room. Yeah. And it's like, being really shitty to her dad. But then 
almost immediately after she changes character almost completely. Well, because she sees Nathan, I think. I got the impression like she just had Oh, the yeah, there was definitely him. a bit of... Oh, yeah, a bit of that. A bit of that. Bit of that. Um, yeah, so then we get a scene with uh, the police officer, which I was watching some interviews with Warwick Davis. That was actually added in because the, the company were producing the film, they wanted more horror elements. Oh, and that so that was actually quite brutal, that bit. Yeah, they, exactly. So they 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 went back and reshot and put that scene into the movie to be to make it scarier. Oh, okay. And even though, like, for this first start of the movie, the the whole point is that the leprechaun doesn't have his powers because of the gold. The gold somehow holds his powers. Yeah, but he's got one coin now, so yeah. he must have some. But he's power. still like teleporting around the place. It's really creepy. I mean, he's just like, he's behind one tree and then he hops behind another one. Yeah, because like he, I think he, like also I like as well how he, he throws the cop's gun away after he like yeah, gets he him in the face. So like, it, it makes sense then that the cop can't just shoot him. He has to like use his nightstick and that plays a part and then he kills him and puts him back into the... Yeah. The, and, that, and that plays a part later in the film because uh, he, he's able to imitate his voice like the sheriff who's just chain smoking like a madman. <laughs> yeah, he's just massive cigar. Oh, he's just like, continuously just has, has the ashtray right next to like the radio. Yeah. <laughs> it's very much the 90s because everyone is smoking inside. Yeah. <laughs> as it should be, as it should be. But yeah, so like it was a really great scene and it, I suppose it do, does add a level of horror just the, the kind of the chasing him through the woods and stuff. Mm. And uh, your man's bleeding from the face. Then he's like, for some reason, he he sits down at a tree thinking that he's safe. And the leprechaun just jumps down and fucking breaks his neck. Yeah, that's really fucked up. Like, it, it was actually, I suppose, a bit of tension. But I still think just the initial scene of him going in the little, like, electric car. Oh, so funny. In front of the cop, the cop chasing him. The that's that's him hilarious. Like, oh. I think that he's a child. He's like, I'm over 600 years old. Oh, you're a leprechaun. As soon as like he bends down to him, and he just gets like whacked in the face. Yeah, he uses like his horrible nails to scratch at his face. Oh god! Like you actually got to do a look, a close look at the makeup there. It's actually really oh, good. It's really good. It's it really took, good. It took them three hours to put it on. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, and uh, I think forty minutes to take it off. So Warwick Davis went through a lot for that movie. But uh, what else have we got then? So, for some reason, even though they haven't gone back yet, he decides to go back to the house. The leprechaun does and search around. He ransacks those we said earlier, but yeah. cleans all the shoes. Which yeah, he is cleans all nice. the shoes, and he finds a box of Lucky Charms. Yeah, which weren't actually Lucky Charms, and I read a bit about that in uh, some trivia. It, Lucky Charms initially said that they were happy to have it be a box of Lucky Charms in the movie. Yeah, but upon seeing it, they decided that it was too horrific. Yeah, and so then they had to change it. They had to go back and reshoot the scene. Just to have him pull out a box. I think it was like Lucky Shapes or something. Yeah, it was something like that. Some fake brand that they made up. But then later on, they also changed the scene where Alex was supposed to say something else. But instead he says, fuck you, Lucky Charms. Oh, he does. Yeah. yeah. That was quite funny. <laughs> and it was like, it was them getting a, a little dig back at, at Lucky Charms for making them change it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure we've said this before in the podcast. I'd like to reiterate it again. We don't have Lucky Charms in Ireland. I've only ever seen them in America. I have tried them in America. They have those few uh, American they're, sweet shops. Yeah, but they're, it's not an Irish thing. Like we, we don't have it normally over here. We have to import them. And American cereal is full of sugar and shite, if you don't mind me saying. Yeah. Like, when I was in New York, I don't care. I paid extra to get Kellogg's cornflakes in that diner, and I stand by that decision. Well. When I wasn't getting a stack of pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now I will say those were nice <laughs> right uh, then they get back to the house and at this point Ozzy is the only one who actually still believes that there is a leprechaun yeah but the others decide they're going to stay with Jennifer Aniston anyway which yeah. is a little weird it's like well I mean I, I suppose in a sense that something is clearly going on and obviously her father's in hospital um I, I'm kind of almost like, wouldn't she stay the night with him in hospital? I mean, I'm sure she'd yeah. be. I'm sure, like, unless like, I don't think there's like, obviously now with infectious outbreaks that in in the in the world yeah. now you can't do that. But you know, she doesn't know anyone else in the town barring these people who she's just met, and the only person she really has a connection with her father, you know, is in hospital. Would she not stay the night there or something? Yeah, I, mean, I just think it's just it, there's like these weird kind of plot holes and things that just seem out of character. Yeah, I mean, I don't think to set up things, but you yeah, know, it's it just, just a bit felt weird. Really weird that they were like, "We're going to stay the night with you," and it's like that's kind of creepy. 
And like, I get if she doesn't want to stay there, but she could just get the hotel room that she'd been complaining about the whole time. Yeah. Rather than having three random people she's just met that day stay yeah, in her house. I mean, it's a, it's a nice gesture from them because clearly she's a bit rattled and she's a, like, you know, a fish out of water. She's not really used to living in this town that's never named. Is yeah, it named? I don't think so. I think it might be on like one of the cops. But she things. thought it was New Mexico, so. It couldn't be farther away from North Dakota, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you know American geography. Um, it doesn't look like North. I don't know if that's what North Dakota looks like. I think it's all like I could far, far, it's all like farmlands and like ranches up there. I know it's like flat. I think mostly. Right. But anyway. So then Nathan falls into a bear trap. Uh, <laughs> I have an issue with this purely. Now I'm pretty sure that if you put your foot into a bear trap, that's designed to catch a fucking bear. I think you'd break your leg. See, it wasn't really a bear trap because it was much smaller than yeah it was quite trap. small it was probably for like raccoons or something yeah but i just but, think that it would do a lot more damage than you know just superficial damage and the thing is it's very intermittent like he can seem to seemingly yeah, run fine for a while and then he can't like at the end like where Levcon kicks him how's the leg and then he can't <laughs> yeah. run, then he can't run again it's like I, I i kind of liken this to like you know a wrestling match where like someone like gets they have like a leg injury and then they're like they're obviously they're selling it like and they're they going, forget which knee it is. and they forget <laughs> like becky lynch did this remember she had the knee injury in the match and she told oh, me yeah, it was yeah. her right knee and then it was like oh no it's my left it's like oh she got hit in the left knee and they watched the replays like did you go, oh she, ah <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that kind of thing where it's, it's only an injury when it's convenient for the yeah. plot but like he's able to run around the house normally but then like, it's only the last 10 minutes like oh wait my leg the weird thing about it, though, was that he didn't step into the bear trap. He fell over a can and got, like, his calf caught yeah. in the bear trap. Which is like, that's such a convoluted way of getting his his leg damaged. Yeah, because it's, like, it was was that specifically so that it wasn't a debilitating injury? Because, I mean, I if don't it, know. Like, if you had, like, your foot first into it, would it be... I suppose, like, if you got your ankle, it might impede you more to be able to walk. Probably, but it was just a very strange way of having it happen. It's yeah, it's it's weird, and also it's as I said, it's very inconsistent. His leg injury. Yeah, but anyway, but that's the first time anyway the, the the leprechaun jumps out and it's finally seen by someone else. And then he just goes like, "Get the shotgun," because of yeah. course it's America. There must be a gun somewhere. Yeah, I don't know how he knows that there's a shotgun in the house because it's not his house. So but... like, I was thinking about this. So. Is it his shotgun that I was thinking? Like, is it his shotgun like in the back of his paint truck? His no, they seem to go into the house for it. Yeah, and so I'm like, did he know that there was a shotgun there from the O'Grady's? Yeah, did Jennifer's father because they... did Jennifer's father bring a shotgun? Because I don't think you can bring a shotgun like that over state lines. Yeah, I'm not sure how that so. works. So that's just weird. Also, where are they getting the bullets from? I don't know. He just had them in his pocket. Uh, so it, it, like I mean, is this looks like it's America. Everyone has like bullets on them at all times and guns on them at all times. Ah, uh, see, so he couldn't use his normal gun because it was actually in an ankle holster, so it got oh right, it, it got damaged by the bear trap. You see, shoulder or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way that it makes sense. So yeah, they're kind of being terrorized by the leprechaun around the house, and uh, then another great scene happens where they get into the car, which doesn't start. Yeah. So the kid jumps out to try to, to fix it. And he's, he's in the engine. Yeah. But the leprechaun is like in the engine with like part of it in his mouth. Uh, so they just hide in the car for a minute. And then he but breaks he, in the window. No, Well, he does that first, yeah. but then he runs off to the... No, I love the bit as well where like he's 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 on the roof and, like, and he breaks down. And he, he like tries to bite off like Ozzy's ear. Yeah, which you threatened to he, earlier on. Yeah, and then, into a and then he's attacking it and then it's like... So Jennifer like pulls out the lighter in the car oh, yeah, and like, yeah, sticks yeah. it into his nose. Burns that was nose. quite funny. Then this bit, Sue. Yeah, so he runs off to the barn. You hear like some like uh, welding or something. Yeah, and then he comes out in the little car, but he's like modified it. It's like it's like something out of Mad Max. Yeah, with like a pitchfork at the front and stuff. And so he drives it at the very large pickup truck. And flips it over with ease. It's the stupidest thing, but it's so funny. I thought this was hilarious. Like, it's just such a, like, a little dinky car, just like... Yeah, I didn't even think that it, it was tall enough to actually hit the side of the car. But it, it's it's like something out of Robot Wars, which just like comes up and flips it. Chaos 2. <laughs> just gives it a full 360 flip, and uh, they escape and run back into the house. So then he's hiding in the shelves, or in the cupboards. And uh, they keep opening them, and he teleports into the next one. It's like they're, they're, they're really playing whack-a-mole. Yeah, but uh, they can't catch him, and then they open the last one, and he's not there. But then he's in one of the cupboards underneath, 
and he opens up the door and grabs Nathan's cock and gives it a squeeze. And it was just the stupidest thing. But it's so funny. And they don't they don't even like point it out or anything. He just opens it up and eh. I feel like Wyrus Davis just did that and <laughs> they kept it in the film No, because like they have it like it framed up perfectly, but oh, it's just such God. a weird thing. He's like, here's what I gotta do, I'm gonna grab his cock. I also does as well like the part where he like he loses his hand and like the hand goes under oh, the yeah, door yeah. and like like he he gets his hand caught in the door and like it it comes off and it's like oh crap and then his hand's like moving around like evil dead yeah, and, it, yeah, and, it's and then like it goes the up and opens the door um and then it just comes back out I think he, like he obviously reattaches it or something yeah so. yeah he kind of runs off and then it's just back normally yeah uh, another thing with hands then is that when Jennifer Aniston tries the phone. And uh, it's it's the leprechaun on the other line. As like the tongue comes out, or is it? it a it's finger? a tiny hand. It's Donald Trump. It's a creepy baby hand that just like reaches out. I also like how she takes out like her mobile, and what she calls um, a portable portable phone. Yeah. Let me check. No, she let me check my portable. And I'm like, oh, like her cell phone. Like, yeah, or like cell phone is American. Her mobile is weed saying. And like I've never heard it called that before. Like this is like the very early nineties where you, you you have like cell phones that aren't like bricks. Yeah, this is probably just after brick phones were. Yeah, I just I've never heard a mobile being called that before. It's it's just really weird. But yeah, fair enough. Maybe maybe that was it. I'm trying to think. Is that like a California thing in the '90s, like a Valley kind of girl? Because I've never like I've seen the film Clueless where she has like you know the the mobile, and she doesn't call it that. I don't think in the film or like I any other ones you. there. You watch Clueless, that's good. Oh, I remember it. It's been a long time now since I've watched it, but. <laughs> So then they finally do the thing that I've been shouting at them to do the whole time because they keep trying to use the lad's uh, pickup truck and it's like, oh, now you're going to use the Jeep, the much superior car that you know will start immediately. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that's when they, they trick the leprechaun with the shoes so that they can escape. That's quite clever. They keep throwing a shoe and he has to clean them like the vampire thing we yeah. were talking about. That's quite good. And so what happens is uh, Jennifer Aniston decides to, to go to the nursing home to talk to Dan O'Grady. Who you find at this point is still alive. And I remember it was, yeah, like we said earlier, it's just like, earlier, like, it's just like to find how out is he alive? alive? Ugh. Just, anyway. And uh, for some reason, the leprechaun decides to chase her on skates. This is hilarious. Like, Once again, it's just, it's literally, it's literally, like it's literally cartoon. Like when he, he he can't turn and he just goes straight through the fence, and there's yeah. literally the out the little the cutout out of, of him. Of him, so literally good. out of Looney Tunes. It's just so funny. Like, oh yeah. But then it, what annoys me then is somehow he gets there first, and like he's and he has enough time to kill Dan O'Grady. Well, nearly kill well, him. Yeah, he's and then like, like thrown he, into the, the fucking roof of the elevator, and like sit, sit in the wheelchair and put on a wig and then imitate his voice and then chase her around in the wheelchair. Yeah, like it's still weirdly sped up. I think I, I was reading what happened was Jennifer Aniston had to slow motion run. Yeah, because Warwick Davis was having trouble. <clears throat> Like manipulating so had, the wheelchair, it, 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 it looks sped up. Yeah, but it, it was also it was like he couldn't go as fast as he needed to yeah. because of his shorter arms. But it just it looks so funny her running around. Um, and then they find oh, out. Then O'Grady's like head is put through the top of the elevator, and then she he tells her, "Oh, it's forty clover. You need to touch yeah. it off his skin, and he'll die." And then he dies, and then she runs off again. Yeah, and gets back without being caught. But what I found great about this is like go to the clover patch at the house. It's like, you live in a fucking desert. There, But there's still a fucking clover patch right there. I get that it's next to the well or whatever. Yeah. But it's still, it's just ridiculous that this this place is a barren wasteland yeah, it's not, around it's this not, house. It's I not mean, strictly a desert. It's like kind of, I know like North Dakota's like kind of flatlands. It's like kind yeah, of badlands, they call it. Yeah, it's clearly terribly dry. I mean, oh, yeah, I yeah. think at, at the very start, Jennifer Aniston kicks away a piece of tumbleweed. Like, that's how dry and arid it is there. Mm. But there's this perfectly green patch of clover growing and it's just like look why haven't we seen this at all in the movie no because like, they were around the well that's where they hide like the gold and everything else and you just don't see it and, and yeah it was, a, it was a very weird thing uh i don't have much then they kind of well it, it's kind of like they he gets like the rest of the gold back and then like oh yeah then he realizes that there's one piece missing yeah and then he, he so he has to basically cut open ozzy's tummy to get it like i was saying a la jackie Chan adventures so then, like, they're like, oh, they're not letting him out. So then they chase him. And, like, Alex, the kid's, like, sets up the bear trap in the barn and it doesn't work. And then he tries to kill, the leprechaun tries to kill him. He runs away with Ozzy. He realizes, oh, what's in Ozzy's tummy. Then he kicks yeah. uh, Nathan in the leg. When his leg injury yeah, suddenly comes, they think it was. Like, how's the leg? <laughs> just kicks him and runs off. And then, like, he starts, like, 
cutting at like Nathan with like one of his shoe buckles, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, with his gold buckles. He just—I I assume there's like a it must be like a brooch or something where there's yeah. a thing at the end of it. Um, and then like Nate, the, the, sorry, Alex, the kid, he literally pulls a Dennis the Menace and like takes out a slingshot, yeah, which is never, it, never shown before. No, I think he did have it at one point, uh, very earlier on. Yeah. Um, I think this should have been like if they'd like shown him at the very start, like knocking like paint cans off a wall with it or something like just give me something to kind of understand no he definitely he, he definitely used it at the start he fired uh some gum at ozzy when he's talking about the oh UFO oh yeah that's right yeah but like the, the alex character was definitely meant to be just kind of a rip off dennis the menace yeah he even has like the striped uh jumper on yeah but i mean so he basically puts it in some chewing gum the four-leaf clover and like it goes down his mouth yeah yeah perfect shot like fucking yeah Whichever one it is, I can never remember Fionn McCool or yeah, um, Fionn McCool, yeah, yeah. The putting the slitter down the wolfhound's throat yeah, and killing it, which, is which I good. don't think they knew, so it probably wasn't an homage to that, but <laughs> yeah, but it, it was an accidental one. Which so then, like they, he, he, he just becomes a skeleton. Like it's actually quite. Yeah, he starts to melt. It's not a bad effect, like how they did this. It, it's like where his like skin and everything melts off. Yeah, it's really good and. uh so then Nathan uh, uses the butt of the shotgun to knock him into the well, rather than shooting him in the fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I know what I'm going to do to do with the shotgun, not shoot him with it. It's ridiculous. And then, like, the just like at the end of Terminator, like, the, 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 the eye comes back on, like, the skeleton yeah, yeah. climbs out, then they throw it back down the well, throw a load of petrol down the well, and then the well explodes. Yeah, he just lights it up and it explodes rather than just being like. Is this a god? Is this a goddamn oil well or something? Must be because yeah. that was a pretty big fucking explosion. Uh, like which... also, cause I was just thinking. Now I'm like I, I get like obviously if you throw that kind of much petrol or gasoline into like a confined space, it, it will kind of do something like that. It'll like kind of yeah, but it, it wouldn't. Yeah, because explode like TNT. Like I don't know if it said like is the well dried up or something. It's not because I suppose there's water down there. Would uh, that not it work? It must be dry because the bucket was down at the end oh of the okay. okay i mean i don't think they were thinking about that maybe it, it did have water in it but when the bucket yeah. which had the the gold in it was pulled up there was no yeah water and then and then all the police finally turn up yeah it's morning and the police arrive yeah and then like you hear the leprechaun saying oh i'll be back i'll get my gold setting up the yeah sequel. so he somehow still there arrived even though he's got a 40 clover in him and he's burnt to death yeah so there you go I would just say one little thing just because it was interesting and I remember like we talked a little bit about um, when we did Chasing Leprechauns and we had like are they really Irish in Cleveland Ohio and it turned out oh they're actually there Stu so North Dakota is obviously in the north uh, no, in in the US, if you shot it's on the border of Canada. I think it's it's in the Midwest kind of an area. Now I knew this was kind of you know people say that oh the Midwestern looks was kind of like you know blonde kind of Scandinavian German it's like Luther and right. whatever um kind kind of an area and they're all kind of farmers. So I was thinking I've never really heard of Irish people being up that kind of part of the the country. Um, normally they didn't go further than Chicago, kind of around the Great Lakes, or they went to Canada. So I looked up you know because the O'Grady's are living there and like the leprechaun. I said, is there some kind of Irish cultural significance in North? Dakota. Um, here, here's what I found, not much, but about 7% of North Dakota claim Irish descent. It, it's by far, it's like German and uh, Scandinavian descent is about 40 to 50%. Look, 7 is yeah. bad. Um, there was a very strong Native American uh, connection there. I think it's the Ch- uh, Cherokee Although I might, oh, right, I might cool. be, I might be incorrect in that they have powwows, and it's actually a quite integrated part of culture there. And there's a lot of Indian reservations, so fair enough. But most of the Irish there, seven percent, were actually originally from Canada. So they they settled in Canada, and then they came down. Interesting. was kind of so yeah, but that's there isn't really a lot of Irish significance in North Dakota. Um, I did find out something though in the capital of North Dakota, Bismarck, there is a an Irish pub, uh, called the Blarney Stone. Hey. So I, I thought that was like worth mentioning. Um, if, if we ever somehow do a tour with this podcast, <laughs> we're going to have to go there. <laughs> if we're doing like a, a fifty-state tour or something like that, we'll we'll have to go like to an Irish pub in each uh, state we go to. So it'll be hard. I mean, uh, oh no, I don't think everywhere. I don't think so. Like I, I, I don't know. There's probably I assume there's probably like a Irish pub in like Juneau, Alaska, or Fairbanks, or something like that. Could be, could probably. Be. So Rob, crock of gold or crock of shite? Well, you know, Stu, I. Didn't have high hopes going into this film. I, I must say, I really thought, oh, it's like Jennifer Anderson's in it, or Warwick Davis is in it. But I thought, like, from the description, this was going to be awful. Um, but, you know, 
I gotta say, it's it, 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 the the practical effects are actually really good. Um, Warwick Davis is brilliant in this film. I think he doesn't do a bad Irish accent either. It's okay. I it's exaggerated. It's exaggerated. Yeah, there's but, more of a lint yeah. to it. But I mean, I suppose you could almost claim that since he's six hundred years old, his Irish accent is different to what a modern Irish accent. Yeah, would be. yeah. I think I think that's fair enough. But I I thought like, Jenny Rannison is I think the best actress in this film. Oh yeah, obviously. She like in terms of play, playing it straight, and you know she looks very nice in it. You know, I I feel a lot of the other like Nathan is a terrible actor. I I just I, he's I, okay, but like, he's, he's not great. He's just seemed way out of his depth here. Um. Ozzy is kind of he's playing with the loser. He's what he for what he's doing. Yeah, he, he, he seems he acted fine. well for what he had to do, but he didn't have a lot to do. I was about to say like, well, it's a bit of a handicap acting like that, but I probably shouldn't say that. Uh, please cut that. But uh, no, I won't. <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, Alex is. I think like for a child actor, he's not bad. He's certainly he's okay. He's kind of playing with the smart know-it-all kind of kid that's like smarter than their age which is an American trope I really yeah, dis- got, I really really it, dislike I mean, it's just so grating but it gets very annoying after all it's just like oh what do you do it's like, oh, I, I get a 357 Magnum and blow his head off it's like dude you're like 8 years old or something and like you're talking about getting drunk and smoking and drugs yeah, and it's stuff it's weird stuff like I, I can kind of get like the whole dynamic of oh he's really like the, the person in charge with like Ozzy being a bit childish but it just comes across really weird like i i don't know what they're kind of going for there but anyway um but you know i i gotta say like it was better film than i thought the comedy is really good in it like the, yeah. the, everything with warwick davis doing is is genuinely quite funny um so overall yeah i'd i'd, I'd go as far as saying a crock of gold i actually enjoyed this more than i thought i would it's a, it's a better film than i i, I thought it's not it's not outstanding it's right. it's not it's definitely not the best film we've watched in this, but I think it's um it's definitely worth the watch. Like I, I found this I watched this in one sitting, I found it very, very easy to watch, I must say. I you know, I, I didn't find it difficult. Um I didn't find it particularly boring. I, I had like my issues as I said here about some of the story and bits and bobs. I'd say like overall it was I, I would have said it overall and more or less enjoyable. Um like a good kind of six and a half out of ten kind of a job, I'd go as far as saying. But yeah, I'd say not a gleaming crock of gold but certainly a a crock of gold that maybe fell down a well 99 nice coins and one that went through a man's uh, digestive tract you might say yeah it's never explained how are they going to get the other coin yeah back? that was another annoying thing yeah. it was like like that there's no way that'll come out yet it's such a big coin once again. Yeah, just to, sorry, that would be painful. I know, like I know, we're doing it the rating thing now, but just to, just to actually go back to this because I, I had a, I had a, a point I was going to make about this. So, do like are the other ninety nine coins like destroyed with them? Like I assume they must have burned up with them down the well, or like is someone going to find them down the well? Is I suppose they, we'll have to wait until next year and we, we do the sequel. Yeah, but like, but going back to like Ozzy's thing, like I don't know how you can get that out easily because I like. He'd have to go to like having a gold coin in your stomach isn't going to be good for you. I don't think it's going to be able to go out the other way. Yeah, or if it does, it's going to cause a blockage. Considering so. it went down his throat, he should probably have just tried to vomit it back up. Yeah, so I mean, like, would they do that though? Because it's like it's quite a big coin. If it goes something the wrong way, he could choke to death. So I, I I'm just trying to think, like, well, if he did in the first fucking time. But, but yeah, but it's like, how, how do you get the cool coin out then? Like, do you have to like open his stomach or something? Do you have don't to? I, I don't know. I I just I I just think that does it like disappear now the leprechaun is gone or is it still there? I I don't know what's it's going on here. It's a bit nonsense, but sure, there's not much we can. So, uh, so anyway, I said crock of gold for me. Yeah, I would also say crock of gold. Uh, I found it incredibly funny. Um, wasn't a lot of, of horror elements to it, really, in terms of murders and that. No. But the ones that were there were, were good enough. Um, you know, like that really cool scene where the leprechaun gets the the stick in his eye and then he, like, rips out the, the police officer's eye and po- pops it in his own head. Uh, stuff like that was pretty good for, for special effects. Yeah, like, I got to say, the, the 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 practical effects were really good. Yeah, uh, in terms of, like all the blood and like him like losing parts of his body and stuff, and like his hand. Yeah, I gotta say, like it's actually quite good. Stuff with yeah. So next week we will be reviewing the movie Stitchers or Stitches, I should say, uh, twenty twelve. It's uh, Conor McMahon, the guy who did Dead Meat. Uh, so it's another Ooh. one which will have Kyle in it, I think. Or at least the actor who played it. Oh, God, I can't wait. <laughs> so, uh, 
So hopefully that will be as good and we'll get as much of Kyle Kant as we did in the in the movie Dead Meat. Uh, so we'll play it out. Uh, thanks very much for listening, guys. Um, I hope you hope you enjoy this one kind of back to our normal sort of format after trying out a couple of bits and bobs. Um, we appreciate all the feedback. If you'd like us to do anything in particular, let us know. We're, we're going to be doing movies, I think, for all of um, October for Halloween. Well, what's going to happen is uh, we'll do movies up until the last week of Halloween. And then I'm going to do a report on uh, the origins of uh, Irish Halloween. Which I think seems fair enough because there's there's a lot there and it is yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. And stop Americans culturally appropriating our culture. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, we, we, yeah it's, it's our yeah, thing. Yeah, you can't dress up and do stuff like that. It's our thing. Bobbing for apples and all that. We invented that. <laughs> Oh god, we're gonna have fun in it. Like all the weird games we play. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like even like bobbing for apples. Like the only other variation is put like pound coins in an apple and hang it from a door frame. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna have so much fun in that episode. <laughs> Just talking about our childhood. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think the best thing in this house is uh, that one photo of you with like just a. Oh, a dress- black bin bag on. Oh, dressed so <laughs> So that was it. That's in preschool. It was yeah, like we all had to get dressed up, and it's just like I'm a like witches and wizards because that's like traditional kind of Halloween thing. And I like I'm wearing like a black bin liner as kind of my cape. Yeah, and then like I have like this. We made the hat to like black piece of card, so I was like, you know, you, you wrap up the card to be like the the point in the hat, and then like you have another bit of card as like the kind of brim, and then like you just kind of cut that and tape it together, and then like for some reason they put like a bit of black on my face. Yeah, it's a really it's, funny it's, photo. Yeah. But like that's what Halloween was like back when we were kids. It was like, how cheaply can we make this costume? There was no like Halloween shops that you could get a costume in. So you just had to make one up yourself and they were the absolute worst. We should totally have like, we'll, we'll put up like on our show's Twitter, like pictures of us in no. terrible Halloween costumes as it comes closer to the date. And now, Rob, where would you find our uh, our Twitter? Well, Stu, you'll find us at uh, Talking uh, Blarney on Twitter. Uh, talking Blarney Pod. Sorry, Talking Blarney Pod. Blar- it's at Blarney Pod. Sorry, at Blarney Pod on Twitter. And you can email us at talkingblarneypod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, and let us know. And tell your friends if you like this podcast. We appreciate you, you know, getting as many people as possible to listen to this. And like I said, give us feedback. We read every single thing. Several of the movies and things we've done have been at the direct recommendation of people. I know the Che Guevara thing we did last week. People had mentioned that to me before, so... It was a story, story worth telling. But um, thanks for listening, guys. Um, really appreciate it. We will be back next time. Uh, so for me, it's goodbye. See you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Big Party. 